You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is BetQL Daily, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook, with the Joes, Joe Ostrowski and Joe Giglio. Logan Webb, maybe the most, at least talked about good pitcher in baseball since, since it's May 6th. Zero is 1.93. He's been unbelievable for the Giants, in and out of the, the IL, so it's kind of knocked down his innings, but he's going against the Mets today. The Mets stink right now. They're in trouble. They're striking out a lot. The K-Prop is only five and a half. I think he goes over that, gets around six strikeouts. We go over Logan Webb strikeouts, five and a half. Strike three called. He backed on him with that slider. Right at the knees, right on the corner. 2-2 to Pete Alonso, and he strikes out swinging. Webb gets him to chase that slider. Got him swinging. Yeah, he got him to chase out of the zone. So, strikeout number six. From BetQL. QL Network. Joe Giglio joined this week again by today. Cody Decker with us, which we're excited to have Cody the entire week. An hour from now, hour and 20 minutes from now, Colin Dunlap from 93.7, the fan out in Pittsburgh. We'll check in with him about the Steelers, AFC North. Maybe throw a little, uh, some uh, NFL futures with Colin as well. And then Brad Powers will join us. All things college football coming up in the 11 o'clock hour. Cody, we got a lot to get in today. NFL preseason week two starts tomorrow. We had a hard knocks last night. Cody, how you doing today? Oh, man, oh, I'm doing man. great. Just great. looking forward looking to bringing forward some bringing serious energy to today's show and uh, hopefully doing better on my baseball picks than I did last night. It was my first not-killer night, I think, of the year. Well, do you want to take uh, half credit? Because you called Nelson Cruz home run prop two days ago. They it scratched him. And last, last night he hit two. I, I feel like re- in retrospect, you, you feel you could claim one of those. I, I feel like I deserve one of those. It's really unfortunate that he was scratched the night before. I feel like that should roll over. I don't think it is. You got to live with it. But you know what? It's a good pick. Nelly Cruz, I still think he is arguably the best pickup of the entire trade deadline. Yeah, he's been great for the Rays, and they just keep rolling, keep winning. We'll get to some baseball, including a big shift in the AOR wild card. But let's start with the headlines, including the Dallas Cowboys. Time for today's headlines. That's an easy guy to throw a gold ball at. Him. There it is! Yes, sir! See, he just walks underneath him. It doesn't surprise me a little bit just because, like, I can go in with the mindset that it's supposed to happen. Oh, my God, man. Oh, it's nice to, you know, go on social media and you'll see yourself or your work. It's nice, but I'm really not satisfied. I want a lot more. The voice of C.D. Lamb last night, uh, Cody, Hard Knocks Episode 2, the de- following the Dallas Cowboys. C.D. Lamb is an interesting player heading into this year. You know, about a month ago, Joe and I had a discussion about, you know, long shots to lead the NFL in receiving yards. And later in the show, we're going to talk about who might lead the NFL in receiving touchdowns. 
And I have CeeDee La Lamb's name on my mind for both of those props this year. I think he's about to explode. He kind of took off in the second half of last year. Remember that, that crazy catch he made against the Vikings kind of over the shoulder? That guy's built different. Seeing him a little bit last night, uh, some of the highlights of hard knocks. The Cowboys uh, usually disappoint. I don't think this kid's going to disappoint, though. CeeDee Lamb's for real, Cody. I agree with you. CeeDee Lamb is for real, except for one major thing. Who's going to be throwing him these passes? If Dak Prescott's shoulder is as banged up as they're starting to worry that it might be, seriously, who is going to be the one making these passes? I, I look for this number. I look for guys that are going to be throwing a lot of passes this season. And we know Dak Prescott, if he's healthy, he's going to be throwing a ton of passes. Any team that's terrible on defense, you know they're going to have to score a lot of points to even compete. So the teams I'm looking at, I'm looking at the Cowboys. I'm looking at the Raiders. I'm, I mean, I don't expect the Raiders to win, but I do expect the Raiders to score a lot of points this year. Yeah, you know, that's interesting. And when we get to our, um, you know, break it down, who's going to lead the NFL in receiving touchdowns, I have a feeling you're going to hear Cowboys names uh, from us and Raiders names. It is an interesting market, which we'll get to. So last night was kind of the player development story. Not much on Zeke last night. You know, that, that's kind of why we're all right now tuning into Hard Knocks. I mean, it's a good show, but... I want to see what happens with Zeke, what's going on behind the scenes, what are they saying? But last night was kind of that, let's find out about these guys we've never heard of. Hard Knocks is such a good show, Cody. I, you know, I bounce in and out watching it intently versus watching it, you know, kind of casually over the years. But it, this is always, they always do this every year where it's like the guy that you never heard of, the guy in the roster that might make the team and they make a story out of it. And once in a while, like we know this in the NFL, there's a player on, in every camp right now that you and I maybe have never heard of by week six or week seven, that guy's going to be a player. It happens all the time. It really is. And honestly, not to keep uh, harping on the Raiders, but two years ago on Hard Knocks, I got to really know a, a player like Darren Waller, a player who had such a troubled backstory uh, and, you know, watching him come back and to the prominence that he's currently in, it's a fun, fun story to watch. And, you know, that's the good thing about these things in hard knocks. And I think other sports really need to kind of adopt a similar thing. I think the best way to actually, you know, how baseball always said, oh, who's the face of baseball? You got to peel the curtain back a little bit and show that these players are really humans and they go through the same anxieties and stresses that anyone else does. And I think that's really the future of, making the face of a sport or a team. And I think uh, Hard Knocks is just an incredible example of that. I agree with you. And, and the only thing yesterday to come out with Dak Prescott and McCarthy is McCarthy saying if Dak doesn't play this week, he's probably not going to play in that last preseason game, which that makes sense, right? None of the, none of the starters are really going to play last preseason game. But the bottom line is the Dak Prescott thing is like the dark cloud hovering over Cowboys camp. Like We could have all these fun stories. We could have Zeke making us laugh. We could talk about Guys we never heard of, CeeDee Lamb, good sound there. Bottom line is this. If Dak Prescott's not fully healthy, the Cowboys are screwed. And they know it, we know it, and it changes everything about the NFC East. Like right now, my only advice on betting the NFC East is there's no way you could take the Cowboys right now. Like if you want to go take Washington, fine. If you want to take the Giants, all right, I advise against it, but fine. You want to take the Eagles on the biggest long shot? I don't think that's a crazy idea. You can't bet on the Cowboys right now until you know about Dak. No, the only advice I can give somebody is wait. You just got to wait a little bit and see what's going to happen because this is a situation that it's too much of a huge swing. Dak in that division and Dak not in that division drastically changes that division. You're totally right, and we'll find out more as the next couple days and weeks go along. Dak Prescott's still trying to rehab whatever it is that's wrong with his shoulder. And yesterday, of course, Cody, was a big day in Major League Baseball, including a doubleheader in the Bronx and not a good one for the free fall in Red Sox. 
it's not deflating. I mean, it's two games. We lost, whatever, you know. You play good baseball. They they pitched well. We pitched well. We had three walks in the first inning and they put it on that spot. Obviously, there's no moral victories, right? You know, you come here to try to win games, and uh, it didn't happen. And, you know, we're not happy that we lost two games, but the deflating part of it and frustrating part of it, um, if, if people feel that way in the clubhouse, they need to turn the page and be ready to play tomorrow. Cody, the Red Sox have lost nine games in the standings to the Yankees in a month. Nine games. And obviously the last the two yesterday swing swung that a lot. But nine games in a month. These feel like two teams, two ships passing in the night. The Yankees are flying right now, even despite still having a bunch of injuries. Garrett Cole just came back. They still have Gary Sanchez, a lot of pitchers out. But they're winning. And the Red Sox... I don't know if they're collapsing or they're kind of just coming back to where they were supposed to be anyway, which I mean, no one ever thought they were a hundred win team before the year started, but man, the Red Sox look like they're in trouble. Yeah, they are in trouble. And also, you know, you talk, we talked about just a minute ago, the trade deadline, the fact that the Red Sox didn't do almost anything in the trade deadline. They needed arms. They didn't need bats. Their team could swing the bat pretty well, way better than we all expected. We knew they could swing it a little, but we were not expecting them to be at the top of the division. Like you said, we thought they were punting at the beginning of the season. Next thing you know, they were really real. Uh, the Yankees went out and did some work and look what that team's doing. They are just absolutely carving guys up at this moment. Montgomery, He's been throwing some gems lately. He's th third quality start in a row. And yeah, if you're a Red Sox fan, you got to, I don't want to say panic, but you got to get pretty damn close to panicking. This is not a good place to be. Right now, the three teams that I care most about in baseball are the teams, I, a couple of the teams I played for, and they're all making me sad. The Red Sox, the Padres, and the Mets. They're all making me sad. Yeah, I think about a month ago, they probably were all favored to make the playoffs. In fact, I, I know they were. They were all favored to be in the playoffs. And right now, there's a good, there's a decent chance none of them are going to make the playoffs. I mean, the Mets, they look like they're falling apart. We'll get to the NL East in a minute. The Padres continue to struggle with the Rockies, and the Padres are throwing Jake Arrieta today at Coors Field. And, of course, the Red Sox, as you just talked about. So right now, the updated American League wildcard standings, Yankees 68 and 52, Oakland 68 and 52. And let's hope Chris Bassett just quickly is okay. I saw that line drive that went off his head last night. Cody, that is, um, you know, we've seen, you know, there's probably over the last 25, 30 years, five or 10 of those. And sometimes they're really bad. That one, anytime you see it, you just like, you just hold your breath and hope the guy's okay. You know, you know, when we see brawls on the field, when guys are throwing at each other and guys are head hunting, there's a reason that, you know, tempers flare up the way they do that's a deadly weapon you are throwing and possibly can harm somebody's career if you throw at somebody's head this is hitting somebody in the head with an exit velocity that's arguably most likely harder than the pitch that came in and literally no protection at all it is the most terrifying play i think in all of sports and it horrifies me whenever it happens i'm very lucky uh that i never hit a guy in the head I did hit a pitcher in the chest once. I hit a guy and he had to be carted off the field. I hit a guy in the shin before. It's it's scary. It really is because you don't want to see that happen. But as I've seen pitchers talk about it yesterday, uh, Dallas Braden even I think put out a tweet saying, you know, it's something that goes in the mind of every pitcher every single day, but you have to flush it out of the back of your head because if you go on that mound scared that you're going to get hit in the head, you're done and you cannot play at this level. Yeah, it was scary. Hopefully, Chris Bassett is okay. Yankees, Oakland, I hope so. Top of the AL wildcard standings. Boston, percentage points back, and the uh, the Blue Jays, four games back right now.
quickly here, something interesting last night after the game, Luke Voigt, who had a home run in the uh, the second game of the doubleheader, he led the AL in home runs last year. Cody, he um he talked about deserving playing time when Rizzo comes back. The Yankees have a good problem right now. They have too many good offensive players. Someone's got to sit. And, like, I, I get Voigt, but Rizzo's going to play when he's healthy. He, it's, he's the first baseman. He is. Uh, you got a three-time All-Star. You got a guy with the pedigree that has Anthony Rizzo. They brought him in for a reason also. And when they first got him, I was thinking, man, they do need a bat. But it's going to look again. Led the major leagues. and I'm sorry, the AL and home runs last year. You know he's got power. The thing that scares them is that he had three DLs since this year. And they need somebody at first base that can handle the bat and handle the position going forward, especially in October. And if Luke Voigt can't stay healthy for that whole season, you need somebody else in there. I completely agree with him. And I completely understand where he's coming from. As a ball player, you cannot at any point, if you're in the major leagues, you can't in any way, shape, or form have in the back of your head that you don't belong out in that field. And there's a lot of ego things with that. There's a lot of things that can happen to you personally if you are all of a sudden just taken out of your spot that you didn't necessarily lose. So it's going to be very interesting to see what they do going forward. Do they platoon these guys? I don't know because what are you going to really sit one of these guys? You can you can do some things with Stanton, maybe move him back to the outfield, but then you're playing with fire because Stanton gets hurt very, very easily when he's playing the outfield. Yeah, here's my advice to Luke Boyd. Get ready to be a pinch hitter off the bench for Brett Gardner late in games because Anthony Rizzo is going to be the Yankees' first baseman. Yankees win the doubleheader yesterday. Yankees-Red Sox again later today. And the NL East, well, the favorite right now is the Atlanta Braves, minus 145, and they showed why again last night. Looks like he's going to throw it here. One-two pitch. And a line drive base hit. The Braves lead. A two-strike hit for Solaire Plates. Abraham Almonte, and you talk about manufacturing a run. Walk, steal, wild pitch, single, and Atlanta scores first. Cody, maybe I'm oversimplifying it, but doesn't it feel like the Braves know how to win and the Phillies don't know how to win? And I mean, the, and the Mets, they're in their own issue. They've, I mean, the Mets are free-falling right now. They've lost their first five in a row to the Giants and Dodgers. They have eight more in a row. They're plus 480 right now. I mean, you got to be really brave to take the Mets to win this division. But the Phillies are plus 190. They're not that far behind the Braves. But doesn't it feel like when you – like the Phillies were three hit by the Diamondbacks last night. Meanwhile, the Braves, they couldn't score early, but they found a way late. There's something about this Braves team three years running. This will be the fourth if they win this division. They just figure out how to win, especially these close games August, September. I'm telling you, the moment that team traded for Jock Peterson, I immediately said – oh no, they're actually going to do this and they're going to catch up. And once the Mets hit their skid, and I had a feeling the Mets would hit a skid, I was not expecting an absolute meltdown. I was expecting a skid where the pitchers were just banged up, they get hit around a little bit, offense still not picking up where it should be. But man, I, they are just so disappointing. And yes, the Braves know how to win. The Phillies do not know how to win. It's a weird thing. It's almost it's almost like a stigma or curse with that comes with those uniforms. Because on paper, the Mets should be the best offense in that division. And it's been close. And they're, they're arguably the worst offense in all of baseball. Baseball is a weird, tricky thing. But the Braves, man, they're a team that just knows how to win. They're well-coached. They're well-run. They're well-everything. Uh, they're just an orchestrated organization that knows how to win systematically. They just beat you. They, they, look at the 90s. This was a team that just would not go away. And everybody had TBS, and we were forced to watch it. I was listening to Chip Carey, even though I didn't like the Braves. All, every night I'm watching the dumb Braves, and they're winning all those division titles. It's true. And even, even in the dugout right now, right, Brian Sticker, the manager, he was a minor league manager for years in that organization. It's like 
the Braves way. They put the uniform on. They don't talk. They just win. Meanwhile, the Phillies, it's like they're convincing themselves they can win. Like, oh, our schedule's easy. You get three hit by the Diamondbacks. <laughs> they got three hit by the Diamondbacks last night. They had two hits on the ninth inning. Unbelievable. We got a lot to get to here. We'll get to all the baseball for today, including Yankees, Red Sox game. But on the other side, who's going to lead the NFL in touchdown receptions? This is an interesting market. Maybe a Cowboy, maybe a Raider. We'll dive into it. Coming up next, this is BetQL Daily, as always presented by FanDuel Sportsbook right here on the BetQL Network.